Welcome to our podcast at Oxford Vineyard Church. Uh, this week's episode is taking place in the middle of our teaching series called As You Go. And it features a conversation between myself, Executive Pastor Parker Fry, and three members of Oxford Vineyard Church uh, who we really just felt like exemplify this Matthew 10, 7 and 8 verse about uh, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, so we have a conversation about healing, about the presence of God, and about partnering with these things as we go in our day-to-day lives. So I hope you enjoy it. So what we're going to do is we'll just go around and introduce ourselves, uh, and then we'll go into the questions. So I'm Parker Fry. I'm one of the executive pastors here at Oxford Vineyard. Um, my wife, Bree, and I have lived here in Oxford for um, four years now. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it has. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited for this interview. I, I have a lot of respect for all of you and for your experience, and so I can't wait to hear about it. I'm Kathy Boldock. Um, my husband, Molly, and I moved to Oxford 10 years ago to start a contemplative retreat center called Cloudland, north of town. Um, I have three sons, one daughter of heart, and um, I'm a writer and a spiritual director. Man, my name is Chris Marsman. Um, I live here in Oxford with my wife, Catherine, and our little son, Theo. Um, I am now graduated from Miami University, and I'm working as a pharmacist at Mercy Health Fairfield Hospital. Um, Glad to be here. My name is Jeff Maglich. I live in Oxford since 1974. Um, I have seven kids. Two of them are at home, and I follow Jesus. That's awesome. All right, so this podcast interview that we're doing, uh, it's part of our sermon series that we are kind of in the middle of right now called As You Go, uh, based on Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, uh, where Jesus is, is, he talks about healing, and he's sending out uh, the disciples to do this work that he's commissioned them to do. And so we're just going to kind of have a conversation about that verse. I've got some questions for each of you, and before we start, I'm just going to read that verse for anybody who's not super familiar with it. Uh, so Matthew 10, 7 and 8 says, Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. So what I want to do is I'm just going to ask this first question to all of you. And we'll go around and uh, each of you can, can give your thoughts, give an answer, and uh, we'll do it that way. So my first question for you is when you hear these verses... And you hear these words of Jesus, and you think about what Jesus was asking of his disciples, uh, as well as what what he's asking of us, how does that make you feel? Hmm. Well, if if I allow myself only to hear the end of the verse, um, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and drive out demons, um, I'd be totally overwhelmed, especially as a new believer. But when I sit with the words, as you go, do these things, um, then that anxiety goes. So as, as I go, as I walk this journey with Jesus accompanying me, I know I can do anything that he calls me to do. And I know that baby steps will get me there. And also the people that he puts in my path. Um, I, I really doubt if I would have jumped into the healing ministry if I hadn't met um, Annette Eckert, who's one of my best friends and um, the head of Bridge for Peace, which is an international healing ministry. Um, and I wouldn't have met Annette if God hadn't put other people in my path. So it's really amazing 
when I look back and see how he weaves it all together as we're walking on the road with him. So the Spirit has revealed to me that, that my path is a contemplative path, and you know, it's a slower way of life. It's kind of focused on experiencing, experiencing the God that I've been seeking and intentionally creating space. Um, and healing the sick for me just often looks like sitting with people in spiritual direction and, and watching the healing power of Jesus over the course of time. And raising the dead looks like accompanying somebody as the Lord sets them free um, and transforms them after a long imprisonment. Mm. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that answer. And I love that you know, I think a lot of times people think about this, you know, the healing ministry, and they think that it's for people who are outgoing and people who are loud and people who are ecstatic. And, and I love the way that you described the way that Jesus has just gently led you into that kind mm -hmm. of, you know, as your journey has, has developed. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely Chris, just on the road. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Chris? How does, that, how does that make you feel? So these verses actually make me really excited because... These are all of the things, the things that he lists, the healing of sickness and raising the dead and driving out demons. Those are all thing, extra things to our primary objective. Mm -hmm. And I love how the verse starts because it says, as you go. Mm -hmm. and, and then he lists these things. So the as you go is hinting at our primary objective. And then these other things that he lists are our secondary objectives that we will encounter as we are achieving our primary objective. And I think our primary objective that Jesus is calling us towards is spreading the love of Jesus and mm. walking in love and um, using having love be the, f the driving purpose behind each encounter with every person that we run into. And out of that place of love, these things will come. And it's not necessarily something that we should be driving, striving for, like our, the healing of the sick and the drive and the, um, raising the dead, these aren't necessarily primary objectives, but these are things that we should be able to be expectant of mm. when we are operating and flowing out of that place of love. That's good. I love that. Jeff, what do you think? I mean, I know as we were going into this, like you were one of the people who had come to me months before this sermon series and said, these words, as you go, they're, they're ringing in my mind. So talk to me about... I think Chris kind of summed it up. I mean, it, that is, that's excellent. I mean, it's not about, I mean, conferences are good and get-togethers are good, but it's those words, as you go, you're carrying as a, the kingdom of heaven with you. And just like what Chris was saying, I mean, it's, that's what we're looking at. That's the primary objective. When we're going as his ambassadors, and then we're carrying these things with us. And so this is almost secondary, like you were saying, to that primary thing. I think one important thing is being aware that we are those ambassadors. This, these, all these words, those different four or five things are action words. It's not like, I got my ticket and I'm just waiting for Jesus, you know. No, these are, these are action. You're doing things. So uh, I, think, I think he summed it up very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's excellent. Awesome. Thanks. All right, so what I want to do is um, we're just going to kind of flow back and forth. I'm going to ask questions to all of you. I'm going to ask questions to you uh, individually. And so my first specific question is for Chris. So, uh, Chris, you're a pharmacist, and I know that you've spoken at Oxford Vineyard on, on Sunday mornings in the past about the ideas of science and faith uh, and where those things intersect. 
And so I was wondering if you could just talk for a couple minutes about some of the challenges and opportunities uh, kind of in this area of doing this stuff as you go that are being presented by uh, being in the medical field, uh, just with regards to like demonstrating the kingdom and healing the sick. Can you talk about that in your field? Absolutely. Uh, this is this question is getting at one of the things I'm most passionate about, actually. Um, I think for much of the Christian community, we see the scientific community, and when you said in the community, as two separate things and two different trains of thought. And like even you said in the question, like there are points of intersection. But the point that I've come to realize is that we can't think of them as separate camps. We have to think about them as being cohesive and um, explaining one another. Um, when it, in regards to applying as I'm going to the medical field, um, kind of what we talked about in the intro, I think that healing and healing is very much a spiritual thing, but it's also a physical thing as well. And there's mountains of literature, and that's what the entire scientific literature, the medical community is built on, is the science and is, is the fact of healing. But there's also a spiritual component. There's definitely things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis in the medical community that uh, science can't explain and that miracles do happen um, before nurses. And I encourage, I encourage all of you that if you ever run into a medical person, ask them. Ask them about an encounter that didn't make sense to them because every single person, whether it's a nurse or um, the person that cleans the hospital room after a patient leaves, um, each person carries weird stories that of things that are miraculous that occur. Um, and so, in summary, you, you can't just separate. You can't separate medicine from the spiritual. Um, you have to. You have to look at them together. So. Yeah, I love that. That's that's awesome. And I think that you know that that perspective of like healing involving medicine, healing involving prayer is kind of central to, to the foundation of how Christians have approached healing because Christians were the earliest doctors. The, the church was the first hospital, and it wasn't until several hundred years A.D. that the first general hospital was set up in Baghdad. You know, So before that, Christians were the ones who took a risk and cared for the sick and cared for folks who uh, society kind of considered less than or not worth Absolutely. helping. So I think that's an awesome, awesome perspective. So Kathy... Um, you're a spiritual director. Could you just describe that briefly for folks who might not already know what that means? Because I have a feeling that there might be some people listening to this podcast mm -hmm. who, who aren't familiar with that. Yeah, spiritual directors are spiritual companions. Hmm. Uh, we create space for people to, to discern the activity of God in their lives. Um, sometimes we need to talk with somebody about our journey with God and to be deeply listened to. Hmm. And... Um, that's kind of hard to find sometime in, in this culture to be deeply listened to. Sure. Um, one, one writer s defined spiritual direction as a wonderful way to dust for the fingerprints of God in your life. And I, I, I really, that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so when I'm meeting with somebody, I, I listen on two levels. I listen with my own ears, my own experiences, my own faith, but most importantly, I'm listening for the Holy Spirit with with the ears of my heart. Mm. So there's always three of us in the room, you know, me, my directee, and the Holy Spirit. Very cool. I love yeah. that. So just kind of as a follow-up, um, 
and Chris, you kind of touched on this a little bit too. We are integrated beings, right? Mind, mm -hmm. body, and spirit. So how do you understand something like spiritual direction and contemplative practice? You said you're a contemplative. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you consider those things to relate to the invitation of Jesus to supernatural healing? Well, for me, the place uh, to start with the supernatural healing of Jesus is in your own life. Mm. And uh, for me, that really begins in contemplative prayer. So when you drop from the head to the heart, and then you drop from the heart to that even deeper place beyond thought, where yeah. you're surrounded by the light and the, and the love of Christ, and, and you regularly spend time there, you, you can't help but be healed. Mm. I mean, you're healed yourself. Yeah. And then the Spirit empowers you to let that light and love spill over onto the people that you're walking with. Um, you know, everybody who does anything in the healing ministry area is a wounded healer. But we have to let Jesus wound, heal our own wounds first. So I, I think spiritual direction and contemplative prayer are really a natural outgrowth of um, contemplative prayer. Um, so most of the healings I've seen have been emotional and spiritual healings, mm -hmm. um, although I have witnessed a lot of really amazing physical healings too. too. But I think it's that openness to God's presence um, that contemplative prayer teaches me that informs my ministry. Yeah. So what I kind of hear you saying is a lot like what Chris had already said is like this idea that it comes from a place of love mm -hmm. and being formed spiritually and having contemplative yes. practice in your life gets you in touch with that, with the love of Jesus. And rather than yes. pursuing supernatural phenomena, we're pursuing the heart of God. Right. Yeah. And the heart of God with, within ourselves. I mean, we have to get in touch with it there before it can spill over. Right. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, um, you know, you're very humble about all this, but you've had some incredible experiences with, with supernatural healing, with demonstrating the kingdom. Uh, you've worn a lot of hats in your life, husband, father, teacher, pastor, prayer warrior, pioneer. I've heard you likened to Moses uh, in Oxford. I mean, Mostly I just... Mostly because you, of the beard. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> He's got this beard going right now. I, I feel it. I feel the Moses anointing. So you've told me some amazing stories about times that the Holy Spirit has interrupted your daily life to impact the people around you. And I just wondered, could you tell us a little bit about how you stay open to being interrupted by the Holy Spirit. Because I think what Jesus is saying about this as you go, he's saying, you know, watch for me to, to interrupt your day. So just talk about that a little bit. Well, I think it goes back to something that Kathy had mentioned when praying. There's three people in the room, and, you know, the person you're ministering to, yourself, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know if the Holy Spirit, if he gets enough credit for for being with us. Mm. I am so dependent on him as part of the Godhead. I mean, it's, you know, the, Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper. Mm. He didn't say, I'm sending you the confused one where That's you right. have to figure it out. No, the helper. This is part of the Godhead. He knows everything. I don't. And so <laughs> I'll go into situations where I have no idea. I have literally no idea what's going on. And there's a proverb that says, 
even a fool is considered a wise man if he keeps his mouth shut. So mm. usually when I go to those situations, I try not to say anything. And I'm praying, Holy Spirit, helper, spirit of truth, give me wisdom and understanding. He can make you look really good when you don't know anything. Give the glory to him in that. But I think that's part of it is just having that ear going throughout our day. Now, that kind of leads into another thing. It's like, well, how do you hear the Holy Spirit? Now, this is just me. For me, it's a question of what I call gates. What am I allowing in to my life? Yeah, tell us about that. Well, I mean, for me, there's certain things. In order to have no din, no background noise, I've got to watch what I eat. You are what you eat, Mm. okay? So for me, I'm not saying this across the board, I can't, there's certain movies, certain things that I just can't do because it clogs my mind and I get distracted on those things. So for me, I have to um, I have to be wise on what I allow in. Certain things reading-wise or watching-wise or um, listening to or studying. And not that I want to be out in a, you know, a cave somewhere, but I just have to be wise on that because I want more than anything to be able to hear the Holy Spirit at the moment. And I think in these days, in, in these times, we're going to need to have his voice be in our head. You know, that whole thing with Elijah, there was the earthquake and the fire and all that stuff. It was this still, small voice. Yeah. And he, he can speak in a loud voice, but many times it's that still, small voice. So right. I guess to answer the question is I try to uh, discipline myself so that I'm not distracted by other things. God's word's amazing. I mean, yeah. memorizing words, and let's put a plug in for this. Scripture songs, you know, people go, oh, I'm not very good at memorizing words. Man, there are so many songs that are direct scripture. And it'd be interesting because I'll be in a situation going, God, you got me in here and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do this. And a song will come into my mind that is scripture. It's like, well, that's the answer. Hmm. Is is this making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think that really like kind of dovetails nicely into the next thing that I wanted to ask you. Um, You talk about this, you know, you're listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit and you're you're limiting these, uh, the input, right, right, in your mind that that keeps you from hearing Holy Spirit's voice. Has it always been like that for you, or has this been a process for you to figure that out? And maybe talk about that process a little bit for somebody who's maybe right at the beginning of becoming aware of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think he's, I'm not going to break into song, but he's a good, good father, and he knows exactly where we are. Like, I would speak to my five-year-old differently than I would speak to my 10 or 12 or, or teenager. And so I think when we're fresh freshly born again, he, in his father's heart, can speak in ways that make it easy for us to understand. But he wants us to mature. He doesn't want us to be in milk all the time. Mm. He wants to have the meat of the word. So I think we try, as we grow in the Lord, um, we need to be growing in our spiritual maturity. So for me, again, it goes back to those other things. What am I allowing in as I, as I get older? And I don't want to, portray like I got this all down. I, I don't. I mean, there's things where I, <laughs> I mess up. But I'm hoping in these latter years of my life that those are less the mess ups and more hearing. But again, I guess the bottom line is governing what I take in, the inputs, mm. and mm. being just in his word. His word is amazing. I highly recommend study Bibles. Study mm. Bibles. You, know, you can read these scriptures and go, oh, I don't know what that means. A lot of times there's maybe a, a little excerpt or something. It's like, oh, he's speaking to these people, and that's why. So that helps me, too. That, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I answered your sense. question. Or no, that's really good. 
Thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to ask another question to all of you. Uh, and Kathy, I'll start with you, and we can go around again. So I'd love it if, if each of you could just share one story from your own lives uh, when you felt like you had the opportunity to bring the kingdom in your routine, uh, in, your, in your everyday life, kind of as you went. So Kathy, we'll start with you. Well, uh, Wally, uh, God called Wally and I to um, establish Cloudland as a retreat space for people who want some time alone with God, some time of solitude. And a lot of people come for day, day retreats. Some come to spend a few nights. And um, recently I, I had a young woman, I've been seeing her for five years now um, for spiritual direction. She came for a three-day retreat and she wanted to meet with me on the first day and again on the last day. And this young woman is, she's several months pregnant. Um, she's been married, I think a couple years now. And this time of her life, which is supposed to be just so beautiful and life-giving, has become really difficult because her husband is in the military mm -hmm. and he was deployed at the beginning of her pregnancy wow. um, to Europe. And then the coronavirus made things even harder because he couldn't, he couldn't come home. Sure. She's not sure if he's gonna make it here for the birth of the child or not. And even if he does get here for that, he's not gonna be able to stay. Right. He's gonna have to leave. Mm -hmm. So she's pregnant through the whole time alone and then she's gonna be alone with this new baby. And I knew that she was struggling with all of this, but I just, I didn't know how much. When she came into the prayer room um, to meet with me, She'd been crying, not, not for a few hours, but she'd been crying for days. Mm -hmm. And she could barely talk. And I was like, oh, Lord, you, you're gonna, you need to be the total director of this session because right. I, don't, I don't know what to do with this. She was just devastated. So anyway, the spirit led me to gently bring the conversation around to the baby growing within her. And I just said, you know, close your eyes and just... Let yourself dream about the fun things you're going to do with this baby. Let yourself dream about once the baby is born, just you and the baby. And the Lord gave her some really beautiful pictures of playing with her little boy, both with her husband and, and on her own. And then after the session, she went back to the burn studio for these couple days by herself. And I was really concerned about her being alone. So I, I texted her a few times. She came and um, watched a movie with us one evening, but I was keeping her in prayer continually. And <clears throat> when she came for that last session, she walked into the room. She was a different person. She was glowing. I mean, she was just glowing. And she said, oh my gosh, she said, Kathy, the Lord has just met with me in such a powerful way. Wow. And she wrote this a letter to her husband, and then she ended up sending it out to all of her friends and family. And she gave me permission to share just a little bit of it, but she said, on Wednesday morning, I found myself in one of the most negative cycles of thinking I've ever been in. There was despair, stress, shame, blame, and extreme anxiety. This retreat couldn't have come at a better time. Friends, I'm here to tell you that God broke through and did incredible things in those 72 hours. God spoke into my faith, he spoke into my marriage, he spoke into my role, as a mother, he used my spiritual director to invite me to dream deeper dreams for my son and our relationship of mother-son. And now I'm so excited about doing everything from making bubble bath beards with him 
to watching him grow into who God has created him to be. God has empowered me in a way like I've never experienced before. So God, God used Cloudland as a space to birth new life into mm. this young woman who was really just despairing and to, to transform her in the midst of that situation. And we, we see the kingdom break through um, like that on, on a regular basis, I think because we've intentionally created a space for people to come and just be with God. Wow. It's just, it's an open space. It's, it's like a womb. Yeah. You know? And um, so anyway, that I story that. just really, really did my heart good, I'll tell yeah. you. That's fantastic. And I think about, you know, what Jesus is saying here when he says, heal the sick, uh, you know, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. These things have a literal meaning. But these things also have a meaning, you know, where it's like to, to bring something dead back to life. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. to, to cast out demons, to, to allow light to displace darkness. Yes. You know, those are things that, that can be taken in the literal sense, but can also mm -hmm. be taken in, in the sense of like, you know, when we make room for God to move in our lives or in someone else's life, mm -hmm. uh, we can see amazing breakthrough. Yes. And so what I kind of hear you saying in that story is like when we have the opportunity to help someone posture themselves toward hearing the voice of God or spending time with God, which is something that we can all do. I mean, you mm -hmm, have a special mm -hmm. opportunity to do that as a mm -hmm. spiritual director, but I think we can all do that day in and day out oh, yeah. uh, to prepare a place for people just by our demeanor, by the way that we approach them, by the way right. that we treat them. We have an opportunity to usher in healing. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Mm -hmm. Chris. You got a story for us? Oh, I've got a few, man. Okay, well, let's hear them. <laughs> All right. So one thing, just in general, before I jump into a story. Yeah. Um, I discovered the Holy Spirit when I was here at, as a student at Miami. And with the help of Jeff Maglitz here, he, he coached <laughs> me through a lot. And he taught me how to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to urges and promptings from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, how to recognize when to move and when to when to sit and pray and one of the verses that really um changed me as a person was first thessalonians five seventeen. never never stop praying pray continuously yeah obviously i paraphrase that a little bit but um that is something that as holy spirit filled believers we need to always have on the forefront of our mind mm. no matter where we are whether we're in ministry whether it's me as a pharmacist at the hospital or whether you're a business person in an office. Um, and it's just to never stop praying, never stop that dialogue with the Lord, never stop praying and um, asking what the Lord ha is, has planned for you and what he wants you to do. So um, to share a story, I have spent some time in the emergency room as a pharmacist and um, in discussions with the Lord, I've realized that the emergency room is this interesting place because it's the gateway to the hospital. Mm. And it's the first place that patients who are really sick come in and meet that medical professional. And so um, from the emergency room, you either there's, usually, there's only one of two choices. You either get admitted to the hospital or you get to go home. And um, as a pharmacist in that position, I'm one of the gatekeepers. Or I w I, when I'm in the emergency room, I'm one of the gatekeepers. Sure. 
so um, back in October, I had a lady come into the emergency room for just abdominal pain. Uh, she had some like nausea and vomiting and a little bit of diarrhea. She thought she just had a stomach bug. Um, well, one of our one of my responsibilities as a pharmacist is to review the medication list with patients before they get admitted to the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, it's just routine. And so I went in, um, well, she had an imaging, some imaging done before I went in and talked to her. Um, it was a CAT scan and just like a general protocol procedure. Um, and they weren't really looking for anything specific. It was just kind of as a precautionary measure. Well, they found an abdominal mass mm. and metastatic cancer. Wow. Um, and so that imaging had resulted literally like five minutes before I walked into that room. Mm. And um, I looked at the chart and I saw exactly what it was. And um, the doctor had already gone in and talked to her about it and broke the news to her. And so I was literally the first person to talk to her after she knew that news. And she was alone. She didn't have any She was alone. She had wow. no family. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to share too many details for patient privacy. No, right, but, of course. Um, so I went in the room to review the medication list, and she was um, still in, from what I perceived, she p perceived to be in just a shocked state. Wow. Like she didn't really know how to process it. Um, she wasn't really showing any emotion at all. Um, so I went in and did my thing. It was a busy day in the ER, um, and so I honestly was just going through my routine. I went through her medication list and walked out of the door. And as soon as I got back to my desk, the Holy Spirit gave me a very stern <laughs> word. It was just like, what are you doing? Why do you think I sent you in that room? Mm. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. So I went back um, and I kind of apologized. I said, hey, I know I was just here, but I can't let you move forward without spending time with you. And sharing the love of the Father with you. And I said, I don't know what your faith uh, foundation is or if you believe in Jesus, but I believe in Jesus and I believe that he can heal you and I believe that he wants to heal you. And so I um, asked if I could lay my hand on her and she accepted and so I did and I just spent um, a minute and prayed with her. And it wasn't anything fancy. It was very simple um, very simple, and I just invited the Holy Spirit into that room and for peace to fall over her and to bring answers and to bring complete healing and for the removal of that, that tumor. Um, and, and that was it. Yeah. Um, I left. I know that that patient was admitted to the hospital, but I don't know the outcome to that story. Mm. Um, but I believe that there are encounters that we have in our life where the Holy Spirit calls us into something and calls us to do something that we may never know the outcome mm -hmm. until we get to heaven. But the important thing is that we follow the promptings, the fo follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and cast seeds where we can. And some of those seeds will grow and some of them won't, but that's not up to us. Um, we're called to just be um, obedient and, um, yeah. It right. Was, um, oh man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that like when you tell that story, it makes me think about in this verse, Jesus says, you know, what is it that we're to proclaim? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
And what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is the authority of God, the presence of God. And in that moment, I just see, you know, you, you had this opportunity to say to this woman, God is near. Yep. You know, and, and some folks might look at that and say, well, you don't know if she got healed. You don't know what happened. But that's not what matters mm, right. because you proclaimed the kingdom of heaven is at hand to yep. that woman in that, in that crisis moment. So. Well, and one of the things, just to add a little bit. Yeah, please. One of the things that I've struggled with, I mean, I'll admit it. I've struggled with the idea that I'm not in ministry because, mm. like, I do have these passions to pray with people and to spread the love of Jesus. But, and so much of the church community says that if you want to do those things, you have to be in ministry. And I don't think that's true. I think that no matter what occupation you're in, there are freedoms mm. and flexibilities within that occupation to take a minute out of your time to pray with people like this woman. Mm-hmm. And like, while I was still achieving and checking all the boxes of my responsibilities for the day as a pharmacist in the ER, I was, I'm still allowed flexibilities and freedoms to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I've been training myself in is how to, how to use those flexibilities and how to optimize on those, those chances for mm. the Holy Spirit to come. That's good. Thanks, Chris. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Jeff. I want to I kind of follow up on something Chris said that was important. You know, when we look at back at, um, at this message as you go, who is Jesus speaking it to? Was he speaking it to, you know, Father Peter? Or, you know, these were disciples. These were regular people like us. And they didn't have all these degrees and seminary stuff and stuff. They, they were regular people, and yeah. they were going out and under the Lord's commission. Fairly unskilled, right, ministers at oh, that I, point. Exactly. Yeah. But God was with them, and the, and the Holy Spirit was with them. So anyway, um, I just want to just say that, that I want to make sure people aren't being discounted because they don't have a degree or anything. It's as you go, and, and I can share testimonies on this too, is, as far as walking daily this stuff out. For me, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to look for ministry opportunities. I mean, I can give you examples. You know, going to the auto parts store, that's really a spiritual experience. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. The guy, okay, the guy behind the <laughs> counter. This is one story. I've told this maybe before. The guy behind the counter is bent over. The other guy's got a cast on his arm, and... And I know these guys a little bit. And I go, is this like the triage unit? What's going on in here? Oh, I hurt my back. I can't stand up. Okay. I said, well, did you go to the doctor? Oh, they can't do anything. Did you go to the chiropractor? These guys, I don't know where they are with the Lord. He goes, no. Nah. He goes, I didn't go to the chiropractor. I said, have you gotten prayer? No. Well, how about, how about if I just pray right now? And so these guys are kind of looking back and forth like, here in the auto parts store? And I go, yeah. Well, yeah, I can pray right here. And he goes, I don't know about that. I go, I'll go over by the floor mats. There's a there's a special Holy Spirit anointing by, <laughs> by floor mats. Right. I'll keep that in mind. It's always. I mean, if you go in there, you just kind of feel his presence over there by the steering wheel covers and floor mats. Man, it's a holy thing. Anyway, so I just go over there, and I just pray, God, would you, this guy is in pain. Would you take care of him? Just bless him. Just heal him. I go back, and I said, how you doing? He goes, oh, I'm still in pain. I said, well, okay. So I get whatever part it was. Of course, I get the wrong part, and I go home. It doesn't fit, and I have to take it back. Well, I go back, and he's standing up. I can see him through the window. He's standing up. 
And I thought, what's going on in here? He wouldn't even stand up before I walk in, and he bends over, and he goes, oh, I'm still. I go, wait a minute. He goes, man, he was kind of making fun. Oh, I'm healed, I'm healed. I go, what's going on? He goes, I am. He goes, I don't understand how it works. So this other, <laughs> this other gentleman next to him has a, his cast has an arm and a cast. He goes, hey, can we pray for you? He goes, you keep away from me. <laughs> you keep away from me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I said, go back by the floor mask. No, I didn't say that. But uh, <laughs> it was a simple thing. I just want to say it's as you go. The other day, I had to load 22 bags of concrete, okay? It was not fun. And this is just simple as you go. I got him onto the cart. This is at Lowe's. I have to put him in the back of the truck. There's no way I can do this. I mean, so I'm looking, I'm looking for some help. There's these two young guys that are loaders. They have the little uniform thing on. I go, hey, I need help. And uh, they come over. One guy's a trainee. His name was Nathaniel. The other guy was Chase, I believe. And uh, anyway, he comes over and loading these packs. I said, I can't do this. I said, but, you know, young bucks, you guys are strong. And they go for it. And one guy, so he starts loading these bags. And they hop up there and do it. And he says, uh, well, I've got... Two, uh, I've got a crushed vertebrae in my back, and I've got a, uh, a compressed disc in this one. I go, well, how are you doing that? Are you in pain? He goes, yeah. I go, have you ever gotten prayer for this? I mean, this is, I wanna, this is not a spiritual experience. We're in the parking lot of Lowe's. Right. Okay. And he goes, no. He goes, yeah, my grandmother told me that I should get prayer for that. So, well, let, let's just pray. Go ahead, keep loading. You know, we don't have to sacrifice an animal or anything. We're just going to pray <laughs> right here as you're doing this. So I just start, you know, I said, Lord, this bless Chase. As he's loading these bags of concrete, pray your healing to the vertebrae. Just ask for your Holy Spirit to come. Well, then this Nathaniel guy starts going, I believe in the Lord. I believe in his healing. I'm thinking, we have church. We're having church in the parking lot of Lowe's. And not planned. I mean, I did not plan on doing that. Right. So I don't know if he got healed or what happened in that spot. But the whole point is we are ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. And we're going in representing his kingdom. And you think about it, you just these people you go, you know, that have the countenance of, you know, somebody that's really sad, and you're going, I don't even want to be around that person. What if, what if we carry in the joy of the Lord and the blessing and just bless people? You know, that example that Chris gave, we may never know if that lady's healed. I, I'd like to believe so, but he blessed her. Right. How mm. important is that to be a blessing to other people? Mm. And, you know, that's to me, like, uh, Kathy was saying with that incredible, just sharing the blessing of who God is with people. You know, I think of another, this is another last story here. Going to get pizza, another spiritual experience. Okay. Right. Little Caesars. Place is packed. There's all these people. There's like, the lobby is tiny. There's like six people standing around. It's kind of creepy. I'm going, what's going on in here? So I go in, this young gal has got all kinds of tattoos and rings and things and and uh, she says, hey, our oven broke down. We need to get this. Uh, we're working on getting it fixed. You're number fourth in line. It's going to be 20 minutes before we can get you. I can get your name, give you a call. And everybody said peace. And I'm looking around. I'm thinking, this is amazing. I mean, usually people are, and the Lord says, I've given her a gift of administration. Whoa. So you need to encourage her that. Okay. And so <laughs> I go up and I said, you know, just take my phone number, and you can call me when the pizzas are ready. I said, you know what? God's given you a gift of administration, and it's going to take you into places but that he has designed for you. I just want to say, you may not know you have it, but you're, you're really good at it. She's just kind of looking at me like, 
okay. <laughs> I said, you know, it's just fine. I just want you to be aware. You're going to be taken into situations where this gift's going to be functioning, and people are going to say, how did you do that? It's a gift. Mm. And so these other people are starting to look at me, and I think, oh, here we go. Hey, <laughs> that's my guys. What church do you go to? Where, and I, this is not a witnessing time. I'm sure. getting pizza, right. you know, non-spiritual. But it's walking out. It's as you go being a blessing to people. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because I hear like what I hear in your story is so antithetical to the way that the church sometimes sets up evangelism yeah. because they say, oh, we're going to go out and witness, you know, and they make right. an event of it or they say, oh, we have to, you know, have this event or we have to have this outreach. And what you're describing to us is very unceremonious. Right. It's it's so practical and every day and if someone doesn't see themselves as someone with the gift of evangelism, you know, you, maybe you can confirm or deny this, that person might just be thinking about evangelism right. wrong. Because what you're describing to me is just everyday encounters, you're going to talk to the pizza lady anyway. Right. You're going to talk to the guys loading the concrete anyway. And so it's almost like just adjusting the content of your conversation mm -hmm. toward Jesus, right? Yes. Now, just another aspect of that, sometimes there's pressure that every person you see, if you go to Kroger, you know, oh my gosh, that guy's got a leg. I need to go over and pray for him. It goes back to what we talked about earlier. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There may be opportunities. I've had another anointing by the produce section at Kroger. So I just want to put that in there. Sure. There's a Holy Spirit anointing there. Uh, <laughs> but there are other times we just need to be praying a prayer. Lord, I just pray that man, I pray you'd have an encounter mm -hmm. with that man. Mm -hmm and that your divine healing would come and touch him. Mm. So I want to take the pressure off of this performance thing. We just need to walk in his lordship. And that is another thing, too. I just want to, last thing here, the, the whole thing about accepting Jesus as Savior. Well, there's also Jesus as Lord. And we need to see that, you know, we, we, my wife and I were been working with this young man who's, it's a long story. I've been in and out of jail, and we, he definitely knows Jesus. And we, Beck, my wife said at one point in time, do you know Jesus as Lord? Is he Lord of your life? He said, no, I am. Ooh. Whoa. We've got a different scenario now. Who's calling the shots? Sure. So I just want to put that in there. Mm -hmm. If we have truly surrendered to Jesus as Savior and Lord, he's in charge, mm. not us. Okay, enough. That's good. Can I add something? Yeah, please. So something, something Jeff just touched on is something that's I've been learning a lot. And it's that this verse says the kingdom of heaven is near and that we are walking with the Lord and listening with the Lord. And something that you just said about how churches will designate ministry times. And I think that sets up an atmosphere and a mindset that ministry is an on and off switch. Mm -hmm. And... I want to kind of get out of that mindset so that it's not an on and off switch or that it's a, if you want to think about it like a switch, that the position is always in the on position. Because when we think about it being an on and off switch and specific times for ministry, specific times not for ministry, it sets us up for kind of just walking in whenever we feel like doing ministry. But I think what Jeff is hitting on is Ministry happens everywhere you go. Yes. And that if you're always in that mindset of an on of ministry switches being on, 
you're open to the movement of the Holy Spirit and you're open to those promptings. And, and while we all openly admit that some of us are um, more comfortable with open evangelism and talking with strangers on the street, there's others that aren't. And so it doesn't, whether we, when you're at the pizza place picking up your pizzas, if the Lord gives you a word like that and you're not comfortable talking with someone about that kind of stuff, I encourage you to grow in that area. But it doesn't mean that you have to do that. You don't have to do ministry the right. same way that Jeff does it. Right. You can still be welcoming the spirit of the Lord into that place just through prayer. Yeah. Like one of the things that I've, do constantly at the hospital is whenever I'm walking the floors, whenever I'm attending an emergent situation, anything like that, like I'm, I'm conversing with the Lord, talking with him, inviting his spirit into that place. Um, and so just those doing those things alone will, will change the atmosphere. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And if you think we're, we're filled with this living water. Yes. And it's constantly flowing right it's constantly flowing and it's going to be overflowing so wherever we go Amen. that water yes. is is just flowing mm-hmm. and like you said it can yep. just sometimes it can just be our presence mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. without words yeah 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 thank you Lord. that's awesome so i got a couple more questions for each of you specifically um so why don't we start with chris so the age of coronavirus as we are in now, is a trying time, especially for you, as you go to work day in and day out in what's basically a war zone. So can you talk candidly about what it's like trying to stay connected to the truth about Jesus in the midst of that stressful work environment? And I want you to just be as as honest and open about this one as you can, because I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who are saying, you know, I hear what you're saying, I hear the stories that you're telling, Mm -hmm. but I, I struggle to stay in it. You know, I struggle to keep the switch on. So just talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. So, I mean, COVID-19 is upon us and unfortunately a part of our daily lives now. Um, It's been a struggle. And I know that it's been a struggle for every single person. But the reality that we're in is that this coronavirus and this pandemic has literally changed the way that we have to think about life. And so... I think in a lot of ways, it's turned everything on its head. Like, we can't go outside. We can't sit and have a cup of coffee with someone and not think about coronavirus. Um, And so, pairing that with our faith is an interesting question because that person who I laid hands on in October, I'm going to have reservations, or I'm going to be thinking about coronavirus going with the uh, opportunity to go and lay hands on someone. Um, But the things I've been realizing is that one, the Lord is constant Mm. and he's unchanging and he is faithful. So, so he's not, even though our entire world looks completely different, um, the Lord is still good. This Lord still loves his children and he loves to create opportunities to meet us. And so whether that's generosity um, and, and him just pouring out the things that we need in the moment, whether they're material or monetary or even just a peace of mind. I, I know so many of us have literally gone through the five stages of grief. 
through this process and you might not have even realized that you did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if I could list them off right now, but it includes like anger and frustration and, uh, sadness and coping and help me. I, I don't know. I don't remember all of them. Bargaining. There you go. Yeah. What, so we've, we've lost a significant, um, thing. It hasn't been, oh, I pray that it hasn't been a death per se for you personally. Um, but we've all been going through the five stages of grief and the Lord grieves those who or comforts those who mourn. And he has been at our side, whether we're aware of it or not the entire time. And, um, it's a, it's a strange, it's a strange line to walk because, um, with everything that's changed, we, we may not be aware of it mm-hmm. and we might not even be thinking about the Lord and our routines have changed and our quiet times and our journaling may have changed. And hopefully those things, hopefully we have more free time now that we can be digging in more into that. Um, but the one thing that I will encourage you is that there's a lot of fear in the media right now. And there's a lot of just fear mongering, toxic stuff out there right now. Turn it off. Like mm. it is important to stay connected, but that stuff, like what Jeff was saying earlier about avenues that bring toxic mindsets, turn that stuff off, tune, yeah. tune out. And plug into Jesus, even if it doesn't have to be um, necessarily reading the Bible. It could be going on a walk and literally just having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like go on a walk in the woods mm-hmm. and meet him. Ask him to meet you. Ask him to um, bring peace into your life and speak what his intentions are for you in this season. That's that's how we're going to get through this. Yeah. That's good. And I think something that comes to mind, too, just hearing you talk about that is like when we think about the pressure of trying to, you know, demonstrate the kingdom and trying to pray for people and trying to do this stuff as you go. One of the most profound things that was ever pointed out to me was when Jesus was baptized at the baptism of Jesus, God spoke with an audible voice and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And that was before Jesus started his public ministry. He had not performed a miracle yet. He had not done any of that. He hadn't healed anybody. None of that had happened. And the father was still saying, you know, I'm pleased with him. And I was just praying with a pastor yesterday. And this is, this is what God's saying to each of us, you know. So the, the pressure that we might put on ourselves to perform or the pressure that the accuser might try to uh, wedge into our life about this, you know, I'm going through a tough time. I'm, I'm having, you know, a stressful season at work or whatever. Um, that doesn't remove God's pleasure from us. It's kind mm-hmm. of, that's sort exactly. of what I hear you saying. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Amen. That's great. Absolutely. That's good. So, Kathy, um, I know a lot of times with, like, praying for people to be healed, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, um, there can be disappointment involved in that sometimes. And so I want to ask you, how can contemplative practice help us deal with the tension between the fact that we know that God is a loving father and only desires the best for his children and the fact that sometimes folks are not healed or delivered when we pray. Can you just talk about how contemplative practice can guide us through that? That's such a big question. (laughs) Sure. Um, You know, it's, we live in the yet and the not yet. You know, we live 
between the time of, of Jesus coming, of God sending Jesus as our bridge for peace, um, as our, our bridge for coming back into right relationship with God through his death on the cross, um, through his burial and his resurrection, and him sending the Holy Spirit um, to live in us and empower us to do the same works that he did and, and even greater works, he said. Mm -hmm. I, I don't get that. But, yeah. um, but yet, in that yet time, um, Satan is still the prince of this world, and he's still prowling about as the enemy to kill and destroy. So it, it doesn't have anything to do with, with God's goodness of people not being healed. I mm. mean, the enemy can sabotage, but God is always about healing. God is always about wholeness. And um, so we, we keep on praying because we know the victory was won at the cross. Mm -hmm. We know that God's desire for us is wholeness. And so we keep on pressing in. It's kind of the same um, with contemplative prayer. I don't always reach that place where I'm overcome with the Lord's presence and filled with this golden liquid light. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't happen every time I sit down to pray. But I keep pressing in. I keep sitting down every day because it's my intention to come into his presence. Mm. Um, and I know that one day I will be filled with that that just I mean, it's an indescribable love. Someday I'll be filled with that all the time. And someday we are going to, when Jesus comes back, we're going to be ushered in to that time of no more suffering, no more tears, no more death. Um, and that, that will be the fulfillment. So and until that happens, when we're living in this yet time, the yet and not yet time, we, we keep on we keep on walking the road. We keep on going. We keep on proclaiming his name. We keep um, proclaiming the kingdom is at hand and, and pressing in for healing, um, giving testimony to the healings that, right. we've, that we've seen, um, and giving testimony to his incredible love. Mm. I think that that's the thing that's that huge. people get so frustrated when you know somebody isn't healed. Um, my dad had a heart transplant at the age of 48 and he was one of the very first and um, he died a few months after um, after that transplant wow. and we you know we had been praying everybody had been praying for him you know and I, I really wasn't walking right with the Lord at that time and at that point I was like why Lord why and why do you heal some people and you don't heal other people and then the Lord appeared to me in a dream, not just a, f a few weeks after my dad's death, and just showered me with this incredible, incredible, indescribable love. Mm. And that's, you know, when we're living in this yet, not yet time, that's what we have to keep talking about. That's what we have to keep sharing is yeah. that incredible love. Right. Yeah, I love that that connection between the contemplative and praying for healing because it's like if you if you expect an ecstatic experience every time you go into prayer or yeah. you expect to have an open vision every time you sit down to spend time with the Lord, you're going to be disappointed yeah. because that's not the point. Yeah, and it gets to the point where where you're sitting down, that's what you're looking for rather than just here I am, Lord. 
-hmm. Right. I'm, I want to be with you, Lord. You're looking at, oh, well, how can I judge this prayer time? Is right. this a good prayer time? Is this a bad prayer time? Mm -hmm. You know, you get mm -hmm. your whole perspective gets really messed up. Yeah, and I see yeah. healing prayer very much the same way. You know, if we get so wrapped yeah. up in results that we get discouraged to ever mm -hmm. try because it doesn't happen every time we try, then right. we'll stop. But if the yeah. point is encountering someone with the love of God, yeah. then we shift our focus. We shift our focus from the results to mm -hmm. the true to reason that we're doing what reason. we're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We just keep showing up. Yep. That's good. With the love. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Thank you. So, Jeff, um, a lot of times we expect God to move in a particular way. We have an expectation for what it's going to look like when we pray for somebody or for what it's going to look like when we, you know, do a particular thing. And he completely defies our expectations. And I was wondering if you could just talk about a time when the kingdom broke in in a way that you did not expect. That kind of goes back to something I said earlier about Jesus as Savior and Lord. Now, I was just thinking about this. There was a time when we first got married, um, we lived in a little tiny house. It was like 22 feet by 15 feet. And it, was, <laughs> it was a milk house. It was a milk room of a house. I mean, it was, it was tiny. And we lived on this farm. Uh, we were kind of caretakers. That this, these people had five different houses, and, and this was one of them. And we lived in the milk house. But great gardens and apple trees and fruit trees. And we just loved it. That was the first three, three, three years of our marriage. And then a baby came, and we didn't realize that babies come with lots of stuff, like bathtubs, bassinets, diapers. I mean, it's, sure. so this little tiny room we were living in was too small. <laughs> so uh, we were looking. God provided this place we were living, sovereignly provided. It's another story I can't even go into, but it was amazing <laughs> on that. So an opportunity came up to go and live at a, another farm outside of town, oh, probably about, oh, four or five miles outside of town. Again, it was a rental type thing. and um, There's a pond and fruit trees, and we would live in the house, which was significantly bigger. Got all packed up, and we went out there, saw it, took the uh, paperwork, signed the lease, did all this different stuff, and uh, sent it off. Packed up. We're supposed to move on a Saturday, and uh, that Saturday, I mean, everything's in the truck, I and mean, we've got pictures off the walls, boxes packed. There's a knock on the door, and this guy comes in. He goes, uh, are you moving in? Oh, wait, do you have the keys to the, I don't remember the name. It's like the Smith house. Mm -hmm. I go, yeah, we're moving in today. And he goes, what? I said, no, we're, we're moving. Today's moving day. And he goes, no, she's rented it to somebody else. I said, I sent the lease in and was signed and all that stuff. And he, she never got the lease, so wow. she rented it to somebody else. Well, here's a mom with a new baby, stuff packed up, nothing on the walls, and God provided this. this I thought, this was it, Lord. This is the provision, hmm. and uh, I was upset. So it's like, not my will, but thy will. Okay, trying to find a place to live, can't find a place to live. <laughs> um, it was amazing. The Lord orchestrated that we moved into this house on Withrow Street. Sure. Which is in the city with students all over the place. No yard. It was an old, it was not a fun house. But that was the rent we could pay, and that's the only place that was available. Mm -hmm. 
And so we ended up moving there with the intention of being there three months to find this next place to live. We were there 28 years. Wow. <laughs> so, but here's the key. We were in the city and easy access to students. Right. I can't tell you the number of students that came through our living room that are life friends to this point. Yeah. That, well, you were there. Were you at that house? I Chris? never set foot in that house, uh, well, actually. Okay. There was, I know uh, your wife did. Yes, Catherine did. Um, she was more spiritual, so she probably was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but there was amazing encounters with God. Mm -hmm. And looking back, is Jesus Lord of my life? If he's Lord, he knows what's, Father's knows what's best. Before you guys were born, Kathy may remember, there used to be a, a show on TV called Father's Knows Best. Remember that? And I think of that phrase, that was a disappointment to me. But God had far greater things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I can see from his perspective, so sometimes when something like that happens, I have to stop. If it's a death or, you know, a, a vision or something that's been put on hold, it's like, okay, Lord, what are you saying in this? And I found it. Usually it's one of three things. He said, he'll, he'll tell me why this happened. Or Holy Spirit will say, you just hold my hand. It's like crossing a street. Why are we doing this? Just hold my hand and trust me in this. Mm. Or he'll say, I'll tell you later on, but trust me for now. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, I try to embrace those perspectives when, when disappointments come. And it's amazing because I usually see, Lord, you had it. You got this all figured out. Mm -hmm. I with my own idea of what would happen. He has a much better plan. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, and I think, you know, I can attest to the fruit that that brought about, right? Because I've only been in town for a few years, and I'm aware of yeah. the amazing benefits that, that have been reaped. It's amazing. That it's house God. and that location. And very cool. So kind of to follow that up, what about a disappointment? Maybe where you didn't see a resolution like that and how you handled that. Something that was that happened... Um, that was that was crushing in a sense that you went through and and maybe you still struggle to say you know God where were you in that? Gosh, I don't. Maybe I blocked it out of my memory. I don't, <laughs> I can't immediately think of anything that I try to keep open hands on stuff. I try not to hold too tight to things. Sure. So that if something needs to change, that I'm not racked with disappointment. So maybe that's. Mm. You know, I, there's nothing that springs out. I'm sure there is something, but mm -hmm. immediately I can't think of anything. But I guess my recommendation is keep open hands and let, let those circumstances and situation. It's not about me. It's not about our stuff. It's about him and his kingdom. And how can I go forward? I mean, there's been some disappointments in maybe not seeing fulfillment at a certain time. See, it goes back to my perception of what I think should happen. Right. And I see it happen later on. It's like, why did I even think that? So having been through a lot of those, I think I, that's kind of, I don't know, buffered me against disappointment. I mean, I don't know if that's a cop-out or not. No, I think, that, I think there's wisdom in that. I yeah. think that's really good. Something yeah. else that comes to mind, and I'll, I'll pose this question to Kathy and Jeff. I know that mm -hmm. this is a little off the cuff and it wasn't on the, on the script, but it just kind of came to my mind. If you could say something, something that's really important to me is this idea of leading together uh, as generations. If you, could, if you had one thing to say to your generation of Christians, uh, to encourage them to finish the race, to run the race well and, and run as far as you can, 
because that's so important to me. What would you say? Well, you want to? <laughs> I guess to me it would be kind of just what I said. Hold things loosely. Mm. Keep your eyes on Jesus and listen to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying to do. And it goes back to Joshua and uh, Caleb. I mean, going there, we're not, you know, they were old guys. The other guys went in and they're 80 years old. To know God has purpose. And the fact that we're alive and breathing, it's, it's you know, I had an opportunity to pray for a this is amazing, a farmer that got run over by a, a, in a tractor accident. This guy should be dead. Wow. I mean, they air-cured him out mm -hmm. and ended up working at his house. And he's a miracle. He's alive. He was back home. I mean, it, uh, I won't go into the details, but <laughs> crushing. I'll just say yeah. crushed. Air-cured. They said he's not going to live. Mm -hmm. Within two weeks, he was home. I had an opportunity to pray for him. And I asked, Lord, what, what is it? He goes, purpose. That God has purpose. He's if we're alive on this earth, it's not just to. I got my ticket. I'm ready to go. We he, he has purpose for us in this season. So I encourage this guy. I said, you know, God has kept you alive. What do you think your purpose is to make more cornfields and soyfields? I said, no. There's an impartation that you have for your sons and daughters and your grandsons and granddaughters. Mm. And I said, you you, God's kept you alive for at least that purpose, if not more. So I guess that's what I'm saying is yeah. if, he, if you're alive, there's a reason for that. Seek out what that reason. It's not just to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Right. There's, hmm. it's, to, it's to speak into this generation. I mean, this generation has the younger generation. They have the zeal. They don't always have the wisdom. Right. And we've been down the road. We know where potholes are and say, you know what? There's a pothole coming up. Be careful. I'm going for Jesus. Hallelujah. Wait, you're going to break an axle if you hit that pothole. Do not do this. I'm going. It's leading me. I'm showing. Okay, bam. Breaks an axle. Oh, right. my gosh. Can you pray for me? Yeah. Do you realize there was a, there was a hole back there? You know, the wisdom yeah. to be yeah. imparted. Anyway. That's why I like hanging out with you, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I, I would say mine would be would be close to what Jeff is saying to to really mine your true self. Mm. Um, you know, God, there is this gem inside of each one of us that is the person that God created us to be. And just to protect ourselves in life, we end up constructing all of these walls um, that are part of our ego, part of our false self. Um, and... So we have to, we really have to be archaeologists. We have to, mm. we have to mine for that true self right. and, and to, find, to find a good mentor, a good um, spiritual companion um, for the journey as, as you work at that. Yeah. Because we need to, we need to deconstruct part of who, who we've become over life in order to get back down to that, mm -hmm. to that true self. Um, so... That's awesome. Thank you, guys. So uh, we're almost to the end of my questions. Uh, what I was, as I was planning this and thinking about what we would talk about, I really thought that a great way to close this conversation would be just to give folks some action steps with regards to proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom as you go. Just to leave people with, you know, hey, here's something practical that you can do every day um, to 
to start to participate in this. So what I would like to do is just have each of you share a tip or an encouragement for people who are wanting to grow in partnering with God in their everyday lives. I hope that's everybody listening to this. Um, I know I feel that way, and, and hopefully you all still feel that way as well. Uh, but yeah, just go ahead. Maybe we'll start with Chris. Um, just go ahead and share a tip or an encouragement. Um, so the tip that I've been thinking about is adopting a mindset of intentionality. Hmm. So being intentional and interpret that however you want to. So for me specifically, um, I interpret that as adopting intentionality in regards to acting on prompts from the Holy Spirit. So being intentional. When the, when the Lord says, hey, that person, hey, that person has a limp. You should go pray for him. Being intentional about going over that person instead of what I used to do. I used to notice that person, get the prompting from the Holy Spirit, but then I'd say, I'd do this like bargaining thing. And I'd, and I'd say, okay, well, uh, I'll pray for them, Lord, if they if we happen to like walk past each other <laughs> and then it wouldn't happen and I wouldn't end up praying for that person. Um, and I've realized that like things randomly do happen. Like mm -hmm. people do win the lottery, but it's much easier to go out and be intentional. Yeah. Mm. And so like when the Lord calls you to something, whether it be your occupation or your family or promptings about bringing the kingdom the kingdom is present but it's up to us we are the the conduit mm -hmm. for bringing the kingdom into our environment around yeah. us yeah. and while we're connected to the kingdom the people around us might not be mm -hmm. and so when the lord brings something to your mind don't wait for the opportunity or the perfect setup for that person to come over and strike up a conversation you be the person Amen. And take it upon yourself to be intentional about going and taking advantage of that opportunity. Hmm. That's um, good. So, yeah. Intentional, intentionality. That's, yeah. mm -hmm. that's the word. Very good. Jeff? Um, I guess bless people with your words. Don't be a curmudgeon. Hmm. I mean, be a representative of the kingdom of heaven. If you go out, be someone that People want to get to know, not like they want to run away from. Because we're representing the king of kings. And so along with that, notice the gift of God in people. God, I personally believe, everyone has a gift from the Lord. Hmm. Some of them don't know it. Some of them aren't even Christians. But God gives gifts. Notice that gift and bless it. Speak into it. Say, you know, you're a blessing. Bless people. That's it. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And that really came out in your stories, too. It's like, you know, you yeah. just go, you go, as you go, you're calling out the golden people and, and recognizing that, listening to what God's mm -hmm. saying about them. So yeah. that's awesome. Kathy? Um, we each have our own pathway to God. Um, it might be worship, it might be Bible study, it might be Lectio Divina or contemplative prayer, it might be serving. Um, but it's that place where God is just like overwhelmingly present to you. Mm. And so I would just say explore, explore mm. those spiritual disciplines, explore those different pathways, and see which pathway it is that you meet the Lord on the most, and spend as much mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. there as you can. Mm. Um, 
because the more time you spend in God's presence, not thinking about God or imagining what God is like or whatever, but just actually being right in his presence, uh, the more you're going to be transformed. And he created each one of us to just be unique and one of a kind. And as you begin to, to get to know and understand yourself better and follow that path he's laid out for you, you're going to find the peace and the power Amen. that mm. he has in store for you. Yeah, that's good. Um, Amen. You know, and as I said earlier, contemplative prayer and Lectio Divina are my paths, along with being in nature. Those are the places that God is, is the most present and real to me. Um, so find your pathway and find your pathway and walk it every single day. Mm. And mm. not, you know, and, and they don't call it spiritual disciplines um, for nothing. I mean, that word discipline, it, it does take some discipline. But if they're, they're life-giving to you, you find the one that's life-giving to you. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, I have to go to the right. gym again today. You know, it's like, oh, I get to be out in nature today or I get to worship today. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really good advice just to, I mean, I, I was thinking about, I'm going to throw one in too, not pigeonholing yourself into one kind of spiritual practice, you know, which is sort of mm -hmm. what I hear you saying. And I think being sensitive to the ebbs and flows of life will bring a lot of fruit. I can say for myself personally, uh, in addition to being a pastor here at Oxford Vineyard, I work just part-time at a, at a golf course here in town. And one of the things that I've always uh, desired for my life was to see the Holy Spirit move in the workplace hmm. and, and to be you know, in a job like that and to have God encounters with people. And that's never happened the way hmm. that I wanted it to until recently. And I was kind of spending some time reflecting on that and thinking about, you know, why is that happening now? You know, why is God meeting people in the workplace now in a way that he never has before? And I think it's happening because it's actually coming on the tail end of uh, a season of myself really tuning into what God was asking me to do with regards to rest and spending time with him and just spending time in the word, spending time in prayer. And then as a result of that, uh, some things have sort of naturally flowed into my life that I've desired, but aren't necessarily my personality. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not the outgoing evangelist type. I really, my, um, my comfort zone is like being by myself with some music on writing, you know, and that does not lend itself to being a great street evangelist. But because it's something that I have longed for, you know, when I carved out the time to spend the time with the Lord, listen to what he was saying, that thing flowed into my life mm. in such a natural way that I almost didn't even notice it. Mm. And so yeah. I, I guess if I had an encouragement to people, it would be, you know, be sensitive to what God's asking you to do because he's, he's going to fulfill desires that you have through that. And he's going to fulfill his purpose in your life um, as yeah. a result of that. So, mm. well, that's the end of my questions. Uh, I would love it if we could just go around and each of us just pray a very quick blessing for anybody who's listening to this, just, just to enter into the grace of uh, what we're talking about in their day-to-day -day lives. So I'll start us, we can go around, and then I'll say amen. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. Sure. All right. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to have this conversation. I just pray a blessing right now over anyone who's listening to this recording, over anyone who has a desire to uh, just do the work of Jesus as they go in their day-to-day -day life. And I just ask, Lord, that you would, you would pave the way, that you would make opportunities. 
Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you would awaken people's hearts to the calling and the purpose that you have for each one. Thank you, Lord, that you are Lord of our lives, that you have a plan. Lord, we just, I just ask for that awakening in this season. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and, and speak that still small voice into our heart of hearts, that we would know to turn to the right or to the left. Thank you, Lord, for, for your grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for this time. Lord, and we just, we just ask that you make us all aware of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, show us in the ways that the kingdom of heaven is near to us, Jesus. And show us how to be the avenue for the kingdom of heaven to be released here, in, here on earth, Lord. Yeah. Lord, I just pray that you will pour out your spirit on each and every person listening today, Lord. Amen. Just pour out your love. I pray for open hands and open hearts. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Kathy, Chris, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure. Um, Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. This is great. Thank you, Perk. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find more information at our website uh, at oxfordvineyard.com or on our Facebook page. Peace.